If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I have a great guest on the line today. I'm talking to Mike Saunders. Mike is the founder of Marketing Huddle. He's the leading authority positioning coach and marketing consultant. He helps entrepreneurs and thought leaders break out of obscurity and become the go-to experts in their field. He's the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Authority Selling. In addition to his work with clients, Mike teaches marketing at several universities and contributes articles to several publications. He's also a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, which is an exclusive invite-only club for the world's most influential business coaches. I'm pleased to have him on the show today to tell us a little bit about himself, his background, and his business experience. So with that said, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chief. It's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Great. So Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in uh, marketing. Well, you know, I um, spent about 12 years in the mortgage banking business, and then when the big economic crash happened in 2007, it just decimated the whole industry. And so I decided to go back to school, and I did an MBA in marketing. And through the marketing program, I, it just opened my eyes to what I just am passionate about. And I was kind of like under the surface, and I always liked marketing when I was in mortgage banking, but this just really amplified my love for marketing. So I started my digital marketing firm um, even through my studies because if you know anything about college courses, a lot of times it's like, um, hey, do this business plan assignment and pick some company you would like to focus on or do this marketing assignment. And so I, through those assignments, I started uh, building out a business plan and marketing plan for a marketing agency. And then when it was done, I had some professors going, now that sounds good because um, yes, people need marketing. We know that. But I added a, a unique element in there, which is done for you. And I think that's the big key that a lot of businesses, they're busy and they don't know what to do or how to do it. And if you teach them how they you're not going to do it the right way or if at all or consistently. So that became my competitive advantage is here's the reason why marketing is important. So I teach them and coach them on my academic background and then I execute it for them. And that really just is a, a huge, huge mix. So for the last nine years, I've been doing that. And then the uh, last few years focused specifically on a really unique um, aspect of marketing, which is authority positioning. Wow, that's that's great. So let's unpack a couple of things that you just mentioned. You mentioned the done-for-you service, and I kind of get that because if somebody spent eight, nine, ten years in medical school to learn how to become a doctor or a dentist, I don't see where they would want to take the extra year or two to go learn about business and marketing in as much as they're going to probably open up their own shop and have all those functions. So it makes sense to be able to outsource these services to somebody that can do it for you. Now, what I, what I want to know is when you were constructing this service, how easy was it for you to start getting your first client? 
You know, it, it wasn't easy, uh, actually. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are like, well, we just, you know, grew 9,000 percent in the first minute. Um, and it was really tough because I actually, um, like I mentioned about the the recession, the economic crisis, you know, it was hap- that all that was happening. And mm-hmm. so, you know, businesses were trying to keep their lights on, not think about marketing. And it's very, very few businesses that would look at marketing like a investment. They mm-hmm. look at it typically like a cost. Yeah. And that's a mistake. Because a smart business would continue strategically marketing their business and then during those downtimes, they are seen better than their competition and they can gain market share. So that that is the aspect in good times or bad times. So mm-hmm. it was tough and you know I'll tell you my personal turning point, um, I had uh, taken some courses and uh, uh, back back in uh, I think maybe 2010, 2011. And, it, it, you know, people were talking about, you know, teach your customers and educate your your target audience. And I started doing that. And then I took this one course on you need to get a book on Kindle. And mm. so I started learning and all of the hurdles and all of the you know struggles of what that takes to get a book published, self-published. And I remember um, I was doing some consulting and I was in this group of uh, uh, conference room with a bunch of consultants and my book had just come out. I, I My first book was uh, called The Prism Salvation, which is powerful relationships integrating social media. So it was teaching business social media tactics and it was written in story format. It was really fun, uh, fun read. And I brought my my book in and I handed it out to a few of the, pe- the my colleagues and it was a nice, you know, glossy, full color you know, 120, 130 page book. And they were just floored. It was like, wow, that is amazing. And after the meeting, one of them said, Hey, would you come present this at my uh, class? I teach at you know, this university down the road. And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so I came in and did our presentation to the students on, um, business, social media. And afterwards, you know, a few days after he said, I would love for you to teach, because, uh, you know, at that point, you know, he knew I had my MBA and in marketing. And um, so I, I picked up uh, uh, teaching classes because of that book. And if I can attribute uh, dollar figures to I mean, I, I literally have lost count how much money mm. from business contracts that have come in. Now, here's the big delineation in people's mind. Um, I'm going to be an author and I'm going to make royalties and, and make six figures from yeah. being an author. Yeah. Nope, you're not. You're not going to make money from the book. You're going to make money because of the book. And it's how you use it to leverage your expertise. And that's the key. So to answer your question, it was hard getting clients at first because of the time frame I was in. But as soon as I started positioning myself as different than other people from done for you to also my authority positioning, um, now people started to take notice. Yeah, and I really like the fact that you said that you're going to make money because of the book because yeah. people really do get it confused. They think, oh, I'm going to write the book and I'm going to become the next John Grisham or James Patterson. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those guys make like a ton of money in the book writing world. But apart from them or maybe J.K. Rowling, everybody else kind of uses their book to leverage themselves into positions where they can get money because they write the book they wrote yep. that book so that's that's very cool so i guess that leads me to my next step which is um you already talked about how you kind of use the book to get into the teaching gig and then you, your focus and your niche was um authority selling so tell us a little bit about um why it's so important to ex- 
establish some authority positioning and leadership influence in the marketplace that you want to operate or play in? Well, you know, the, I chose the title authority selling because authority positioning is the marketing side of things, the business development side of things. You have to be positioned in the mind of your target audience as that expert. Okay. And it's one of uh, marketing concepts, the four P's of marketing, you know, price, product, place, and, and, posi and uh, positioning. And, and now all of a sudden, here's people that think of you as that guy, that gal that does yeah. this thing. And that's the marketing aspect. But Nothing happens till something trans tra business transacts. Mm -hmm. So the selling aspect comes in where you've got to sell your product or service. And you might be listening to this going, well, I'm not in sales. That's fine. But you sell every single day. Yeah. You have to sell your colleagues on this idea in the boardroom or your spouse on where to go on vacation. I mean, there's sale selling that that happens. So with that thought in mind, no matter what business you're in, even if you're not a sales professional, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, you have to sell your product or service because you have competitors. And if you can do that from the position of value, not price, that's where you succeed because anybody can lower the price to beat you and then you lower your price to beat them and then it's a race to you know poverty. So if you can do it from the position of here's what, you know, becoming an educator and an advocate for your target audience just gives that air of um, authenticity because now your audience is understanding why you're doing things and they're drawn to your business and your brand and your ideas. And the selling happens by, you know, you know, default, you know, they're, they are asking your opinion. Well, wow, you, you wrote a book on this whole concept of fill in the blank, whatever your business is. Right. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden they're asking you questions like, Oh wow, that one part where you mentioned this, that was a really good idea. How, how can I use that in my business or whatever the case is? It opens up those doors. So now if you are, you know, positioned well and your target audience understands your, uh, you know, authentic voice, your, your authority brand voice, it's going to open up conversations without them feeling like you're trying to close them mm. when in reality you're opening a relationship. So you're doing that from a position of expertise and authority and then it just keeps that that no like and trust factor working because now they realize you're not trying to get them into a deal and close them and move on to the next one. You're trying to really take that high road and they, you know, let's face it, which would you rather choose if if you're looking for anything, a CPA, an attorney, if you saw someone speak at a conference as a keynote speaker and they were giving away copies of their book in the back or, and, or signing them or whatever, and you, then you looked online and you saw some ad for you know the same you know person or same type of person in, in the field, one of the competitors, you're going to choose the person that you've engaged with, that you saw that wrote that book or that was mentioned in the news or that was teaching in this interview, and and that's where you kind of that 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 brand resonates well with your target audience. Yeah, and, and it just makes sense that people want to do business with people in as much as they don't really know them personally. But once you're familiar with that person and once you have like a share of your mind share that is dedicated to that person, it becomes easier to try and escalate the relationship to the next step. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So what's some of the best ways to create authority positioning? 
you know, I, I think the first step is just knowing what you stand for, your business and your brand and your company, whatever you are, if you're a coach or if you're an entrepreneur or, or a brick and mortar business, what is it that you do? What is it your competitive advantage? What's that one thing, that one solution to your target audience's problem? And that becomes something that you can use as your platform. So you have to understand that first to then begin to create what I call authority positioning assets that you then can compile into an authority positioning portfolio. Mm. And, you know, you think about, um, you know, a graphic designer that says, hey, here's my, you know, designs I've created or a fashion designer. Hey, here's dresses I've uh, designed. And you flip through and you flip through, whether it's a book uh, in person or on a website. Well, as a business or a, or a brand, you can have an authority positioning portfolio because really if you go to someone's website and you see that they posted up a blog post nine months ago, mm-hmm. what what's that? you know, but if you saw that they are consistently putting out good content, that's step one. But then step two is how can you elevate it past that? Could you get interviewed on some business um, or industry related podcast? So if you're in the fitness industry, maybe could you get on a fitness podcast to be interviewed about your thing, your competitive advantage. And then now that interview becomes an asset because it's long term Mm -hmm. and you can put that link on on your website. You can put it out through social media. Um, and you know, the difference between Facebook ad campaigns and pay-per-click ad campaigns, those are wonderful. They're, um, but when you stop paying for those campaigns, it stops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you are developing some really strategic and good, strong authority positioning assets, it literally is an asset because it's long term. It's a link that Google indexes. And if someone's searching for your name now, they can see, oh, wow, Chi was interviewed on such and such a show or Chi has a show. And here's the link to some of his guests. And they look at you and they're like, huh, he, he kind of knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Or if you're that fitness professional, wow, they were mentioned in this media piece I saw online. And I listened to that interview and they had some really unique things. I'm going to reach out to them. Whereas if they saw your ad and that's all you were saying is call me today and get a coupon discount discount deadline, they feel pushed. Yeah. But they're, the the best way to do it is to feel pulled. Mm. So that's kind of being the magnet and attracting them yep. to you. So now, Mike, give us a case study, you know. So I'm thinking for myself that, okay, we're in this um, expert space, you know, you're a coach, you're a consultant, you're an entrepreneur, you're a CEO, you kind of have to have you know, these assets, these are the things that um, people in the expert space are known to have. But what about someone like a local business owner or operator, like somebody like a dentist, chiropractor, or even an auto mechanic or a hairdresser, for example, would something like this work in that industry where people feel that the service is actually commoditized? Um, Of course, the answer is yes. But think of it like this. Unless you live in a town of like 12 people and there's one barber, one, you know, dentist, most most people have plenty of competition. Yes. So what separates you from the competition? And if you're that dentist or chiropractor or whatever, you can't you cannot say, well, we have fun people, low prices, you know, open longer hours because all of that can change. But if you then become that thought leader. So uh, here's an example. Um, I was on an interview show just a few months back and the host said, you know, all of this sounds so great. And it's funny you should say this because 
I had a guest on my show that was in a HVAC, um, heating and air industry. And she said he had just written a book and he said that it was the number one best business development lead generation tool that they use in heating and air. You know, that those are the people that drive up in a truck and wear, you know, blue collars and boots. Yeah. And why, and why is that? Because that heating and air company or anything, like you mentioned, a dentist or chiropractor, if you are seen as that expert, they tend to listen just a little bit more intently. And and so here's here's a, the next question that many people ask. Well, what in the world do I talk about? Oh, man, that's a – you know I, I can't write a book, right? There's a that's disconnect. A to, <laughs> that's a big one. So here's a little uh, tip that I cover in, in my book is um, – the frequently asked questions and the should ask questions. So if you are any entrepreneur, business owner, brick and mortar, it doesn't matter. If you sat down and think about what are the top 10 questions that me and my team get all the time about my product or service and you write those questions down. And you might, uh, if you're a big enough company and you have customer service reps or you have, you know, incoming emails uh, uh, from, you know, customers, you can look at some of the emails incoming and outgoing to even get some ideas like, hey, we're wondering about your product. Does it come in, you know, this or this or does it do that? So you can get some frequently asked questions from that. But certainly you and your team will know what are the frequently asked questions we get. So there's 10 questions. <clears throat> then you sit down and you write 10 should ask questions, which are the questions people should be asking, but they don't even know to ask mm -hmm. because they don't know enough yet about your business. Yeah. If you have 10 frequently asked questions and 10 should ask questions, you as the entrepreneur or business owner can easily answer each one of those 10 in a paragraph for a quick answer or a page for a longer answer, or you can talk about them in an interview. And there becomes the basis for just a huge amount of the prepositioning assets, however you want to communicate that. That's great. So um, I'm thinking now for a lot of people listening on the show, there are very new, young entrepreneurs. They're just starting out and, you know, they've not really gotten that depth of experience in their market. And the prevalent advice is basically you need to knock on doors, you need to prospect, you need to make cold calls. How can somebody start applying some of these principles you've talked about, especially when somebody is in that prospecting phase, trying to get, you know, the first few clients so that they can get some testimonials or some case studies up and then start leveraging themselves to build out authority assets? Well, you're probably not going to do this day one yeah. on the job, you know, or week one or month one. So we're probably talking about, you know, hey, we're 90 days in or mm. we're new to the industry. Um, and, and what I would say is you're competing against colleagues that are your same age, if not older. And I will tell you this, no matter what industry you're in, the 50, 60 year olds don't have a book or don't have um, interviews on podcast. And if you walk into your prospect's office to pitch whatever you're pitching and you hand them a copy of your book and uh, maybe a, a flash drive with three or four interviews that you're on with some media you know, appearances, maybe, hey, I was mentioning the media here and hey, here's an interview that we talked about some really key things that we're going to cover in our meeting today. So I wanted to get this to you so that, um, you know, as you're considering our proposal, you can, you know, read through and listen to some of these. That's just a drop the mic uh, event right there. And it <laughs> separates you from the competition. And let me tell you a little story uh, to prove this. My <clears throat> last summer, my son, who was 12 at the time, um, he wanted to start a little business here in the neighborhood. And he wanted to pick up uh, pet 
droppings, you know, scooping uh, mm-hmm. uh, droppings after pets. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a big business. You know, Pete, there's big franchises for that. But he wanted to just do it locally, um, mainly because I didn't want to drive them all over the city. So I said, hey, let's just go around in the streets around us. And rather than knocking on a door and doing the normal cold call, hi, I want to start a business, he did. I, I advised him to do something really interesting. He wanted to buy this tool chest because he likes working with tools and wood. So he had this tool chest he wanted to buy, and I got a picture of it, and we put it on this flyer. And then we got a picture of him and, and his dog. And then we said, you know, um, Lane wants to do this business to buy this item. And then on the back of the flyer was um, I interviewed him on my show. I literally brought him on my podcast and interviewed him about why he wants to do this business, what his you know goal is and all of that. And then I got him mentioned in some of the, some of the local news on for, with a press release. Yeah. And I put a copy of the press release on the back of that flyer. So now when he went around – and this is a 12-year-old. This isn't yeah. even what you mentioned, right? Yeah. But now he's going around going, hey, um, here's a copy of my flyer. I was recently mentioned here and interviewed here. Uh, I would love to do this for you. And he would hand that out, hand that out. And I'll never forget that one of the people, you know, okay, thank you, son. Have a nice day. And we turned around and was walking back down the street and they come running back out. Hey, 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 hey wait, wait. Um, let's do this. I want to do this. And literally, and I kid you not – handed him a $100 bill and said, I want you to do this for the summer. I'm prepaying you in advance. I know you'll do a good job. Wow. Now, who's going to give a 12-year-old a $100 bill and say, I hope you take good care of me? But it was, I will say, it's how he was positioned. Because yes. what 12-year-old kid has that? So if you yeah. translate that to what you mentioned, like a, a millennial that is in the sales world, Man, their bosses don't have a book or weren't mentioned in. So if that millennial can just, you know, take their learning and their passion and their story and their vision and put that into some of these authority positioning assets and use them, boy, it sets them apart like nothing else. Yeah. Man, that's an awesome story. <laughs> that's good. Kudos to you and your son, man, because that is really getting them early. That's really yeah, yeah, you never know what's going to come out with questions. I didn't plan on telling that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so many people view, you know, the term persuasion in a negative light. You know, they believe that people trying to persuade them, uh, you know, using tactics, kind of like putting a fast one over their heads, for example. But on the road to building authority status, you mentioned that it's important to study persuasion and persuasion methods. So why is it such an important tool as part of this um, toolkit of building the authority position and status? Well, it's all in how you're perceived, you know, and if you think about, um, uh, you know, the old saying, you pay for what you, you get, what you pay for. Yeah. So, you know, if you saw this, uh, heard this really big buildup for this one product, you know, and this big launch and all of a sudden it's like, and it's only $19 immediately you would think, what could be, what, what good can come out of a $19 whatever, but you you think about Apple and they have people lined up for their launches and they don't offer you know discount and low price and buy one get one they are the top of the line because people perceive that brand as valuable. Uh-huh. So when you are authoritative and you're an expert and you price your services accordingly, people feel like they're getting what they pay for and it allows you to deliver that service. So. Yes, persuasion and, and techniques that way, y- you definitely need to be ethical and, and there's a whole mindset around that. You don't want to do all of these things just to overcharge someone and, and say it's $1,000 for this pencil. 
You know, they're, they're, that's not going to work because people will see right through that. That gets back to authenticity. But if you can use these techniques, the persuasion should happen automatically because they look at your brand and your authoritative voice and your messaging and they see that person's got it going on. I at least want to learn a little bit more. Now, you can get in that call or that meeting where they learn a little bit more and you can blow it. Because they can just sense that you're unethical or just you're exaggerating. And so now it's working against the persuasion. So you still have to be congruent all the way through every step of the process. And Mm -hmm. even afterwards, you know, even after the sale, don't think of it as closing the sale. Think of it as opening a relationship. Mm, I like that. Opening the relationship for long-term business. So now let's talk about the other side of that because as an expert, as a business owner building these authority assets, trying to position yourself as an expert, there may come a day where, you know, something is going to happen, some negative event, somebody is not satisfied, they'll leave a negative review and they'll start to smear or tarnish your name. So what happens in a situation where you've done a great job so far, you've built and positioned yourself as the expert, but then you have some negative review out there or even just trolls trying to pull you down and they're saying bad stuff about you. How does one manage that? Well, I would say that it get, it goes to social proof. You know, people want to look for other reviews or other opinions about a brand or a restaurant even, right? Well, if you see three reviews and one of them are bad, that's a pretty bad percentage. You know, it's 30% of the time it's a, it's a bad uh, experience. Mm-hmm. So the answer to your question is you just consistently keep your head down and just be generating positivity. So you respond to that negative review with positivity and you say, wow, thank you. Thank you so much for that feedback. And, you know, you bring up a great point. And because of that, I'm going to change some things and, and, you know, make sure that that never happens again. And, you know, make sure you come by and we're going to make this right or whatever the case is. But don't get in a argument. Well, you only said that because you and now all of a sudden you're you're getting in an argument on line that other people can see. So if people come back by and see that negative feedback, um, now they can realize, oh, well, hey, they responded to it kindly. But the other thing they'll see is, but there was 27 other great reviews. So this one that was a little negative sort of, that's no big deal. I love that. So you just kind of make the whole thing irrelevant by basically outworking and outproducing positive energy and the yeah. in the marketplace okay so as we start to wind down and wrap up the show i've just one, one or two wrapping up questions so i know that in your system you have a proprietary three step six success system that helps people that are your clients become authorities in their field schools so could you talk a little bit about this system yeah and you know like we were talking about in my book authority selling um you, you want to have that first that that platform Um, And I call it the platform, the portfolio, and the process. And the platform is your competitive advantage or your unique selling proposition. So it's like what we said start to start with. You got to know what you stand for and you got to know what sets you apart. And then the portfolio um, ties into what we've been touching on, which are these authority positioning assets. Mm -hmm. And can you work on getting interviewed? Can you work on getting media mentions? Can you work on getting that social proof from client testimonials to use online or on your website? And what about writing a book? or two, right? And then the last part is the process. So it's the structure that you and your team will use to deliver your authority positioning portfolio. 
right? Yeah. And and think of it like this. I, I touched on it just uh, briefly there with – but let's say that you were uh, getting ready to pitch a big uh, package to a prospect, whether it's a sale or a, a, a business proposition. What if before that pitch you sent that package to them and, uh, and a physical package in the mail? And, you know, the cover letter says, hey, I'm looking forward to connecting next week where we will, you know, examine whatever, whatever you say. But in that package is, hey, I just wanted to give you a copy of my book and uh, some recent interviews that I did that I'll talk about this same strategy that we'll be talking about. Well, that person may not read every word of that book or listen to every syllable of the two interviews you include or, you know, read everything you put in there. But the fact that that came to them ahead of time and they page through that book and they see your face on the book and they hear that you were interviewed a few times and they listen to a little bit of it. When you walk into that meeting, you're not viewed as a salesperson pitching something. You're viewed as a trusted advisor and strategic alliance. So you could do that before a meeting or as a leave behind after. You know, hey, thank you so much for your time today. Looking forward to hearing your decision. Hey, I want to leave this with you to review. It kind of will help out, you know, um, fill in the gaps if we didn't cover something. And you walk out there. So they saw your presentation. Then here's this package. And again, that helps them make the decision in your favor. And let's say that you're in a business that you don't have you know, the ability to meet with people in person. You can do all of that, what I just said, electronically. You know, hey, I'm looking forward to our conversation on the phone next week. Here's a link to some things to review uh, ahead of time that will answer some questions. And then it's a, you know, a digital version of their book or it's a, even a link to their book on Amazon and here's a, a, some interviews I've done. So the bottom line is having that platform to deliver the message of your portfolio and then having a process behind it where it's just part of your business development. That's what opens up doors to close new business. I love it. And f finally, one of the most powerful things you said in the book and as well as on this show is talking about interviews and being interviewed on podcasts. I know you host a podcast called um, Business Innovators Radio. So could you tell us a little bit about you know how that forum and that platform has helped your business? Because I know a lot of people listening out there might feel, oh, it's very difficult to get on podcast shows and be interviewed i mean you could just talk about how easy it is to set up a podcast and then start interviewing people well you know a, a section of my book i talk about uh, using uh your interviews as authority positioning assets. Well, there's two aspects of it that you just touched on, which is you need to, to hone your message and your, you know, uh, brand authority voice. And how do you do that? By being interviewed. And you can find, so in my book, I talk about some locations of places you can find to get interviewed. Well, it's not as hard as some people might think. But the next step is having your own show. And if you think about something, think about a mentor of yours. Think about somebody that you personally look up to in the business world or in personal life, let's say. If you could interview that person, don't you think that people in your target audience would go, wow, she interviewed Richard Branson or whoever, you know, you might be able to interview. Now, all of a sudden you are elevated up to pretty close to that level. Not yeah. the same as we know that, but if you can start interviewing some people of uh, uh, significance and get that out to your network and say, Hey, you know, I was really privileged to interview so-and-so so -and, -so and we talked about this and it's a great interview. You guys might want to listen. Well, you start doing that enough times and people are like, wow, she knows what he's talking about or Betty knows what she's talking about. So you do both. You get you you get on shows because you want to tap into that 
that network that they have. And then you want to have a podcast show where you are reaching out to some influencers to in interview and you then are seen uh, as an elevated status to your market. And then the other aspect people don't think about is the gatekeeper. In sales, if you are trying to get with a decision maker, many times their gatekeeper, secretary type person, you know, is not going to say, sure, you can set up a call to pitch them on whatever you're selling. So they're going to they're going to push you away. But if you were to communicate with them, email or whatnot and say, hey, um, I've got this podcast called Influential Entrepreneurs. It's on the Business Innovators Radio Network. Um, I would love to interview your CEO because I saw he recently did a LinkedIn post where he talked about this. And now that person's like, ooh, hey, interview. You said a 20-minute phone interview? Um, yeah, he can do that, sure. Well, now that gets you past the gatekeeper yeah. and you have a wonderful conversation. And then afterwards you you would say, hey, thank you so much. I'm going to get this interview over to you and you know, thank you very much for your time. Hey, by the way, and then now just drop a little hint. You know, hey, I'd love to grab a coffee with you or I'd love to have a follow-up call to run a couple ideas by, oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah. So, again, that is another way that authority positioning opens doors to closing new business. Great. And um, with that said, my friend, we've reached the end of the show. I just want to thank you for coming on to share your words of wisdom. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about where people can reach you and get in touch with you if they want to communicate with you further, if they want to get the book, and also, also where they can listen to your podcast. Yeah, you know, um, we talked about the book uh, quite a bit, and I do have some copies that I send um, – uh, I send for free. I just cover the shipping cost and that is at authoritysellingbook.com or you can go to Amazon and type in authority selling and uh, you can buy it there. And then if you wanted to listen to my show, uh, you can go to marketing huddle, H U D D L E.com and then click on the tab that says radio show. And you'll see the show that I host, um, which is called influential entrepreneurs and it's on the business innovators radio network. And just to page through some of those uh, archives. And in fact, there's, I, I've done pretty close, I think about 290 uh, um, episodes in the last few years so plenty of people to choose from and uh, look at the subject matter to see if something might be of interest great and i'll put all the links in the show notes as after the interview is done so with that said mike it's been a pleasure having you on the show for the last half hour to share your story your words of wisdom and your advice for the listeners out there thank you chi appreciate it Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com.